Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Thank you in the name of Jesus. We are thankful, Lord, that you are always with us as you have promised. Father, we know indeed that as long as we are doing what you have required of us, you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. For you have promised. You say, I will never ever leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, Spirit of God, we welcome you this moment. We ask that you take control of our service. Holy Spirit, you know of my weaknesses. You know of my infirmities. You know of my frame. I ask, oh God, that I become only a vessel. Let me be a vessel fit for your failing. Let me be a vessel fit for your use. Use me and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We will, we, will, we will buy the tickets. They will, they will, they will, they will, be, they will be sorry. <laughs> they will be sorry they gave such a deal to Atlanta. We are storming Atlanta. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, for a short time, I want us to continue with the message that we've been sharing from the beginning of July. I think we've been sharing the mandate of every believer. The mandate of every believer. I am, I am certain that this is a message that the Lord wants us to hear over and over and over again. How many of you are tired already of hearing this message? Wonderful. Just be patient. We will bring it to an end shortly. And we will talk about what your ears are tickling to hear. Amen. So, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. Let us read our foundational scripture one more time. Let us read our foundational scripture. Why don't you all join me as we read from verse 18 to 20. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. One, two, three, go. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, this is our mandate. This is the great commandment or the great commission 
that Jesus gave us. Hallelujah. Jesus gave us this great commission. And then he also said in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, he says, thou art Peter. And he says, I will build my church. He says, upon this rock. He says, thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. He gave us this commandment. He says, we should go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And then he says, I will build my church. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, if Jesus is giving us a commandment to go and teach all nations, and he says he will build his church. As he was living, he says he will build his church. And then he gave us this commandment. So, what do you think will be the most important thing that the church must do? Or what, would, what do you think will be the main reason for the existence of the church? To go into all nations. That if he's going to build his church, and this is his mandate to us, this is his commandment, then he's expecting the church to go into all nations, to teach all nations. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes you hear people ask you, you know, like sometimes they ask you, where are you from? When you are witnessing to them. And then you tell them where you're from. They say, but have you witnessed to all the people in your place where you are coming from before you came here? You see? Now, Jesus did not say in the commandment that go ye therefore and teach every single person. Do you see? And teach every single person. But he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. All nations. And so, we shouldn't stay in one nation teaching the people. Do you understand? We, should, we shouldn't spend all our time in one nation ensuring that everyone in that nation is taught before we move on. But the commandment is for us to go into all nations. How he is going to teach every single one of them, he knows how. Amen. Amen. He knows how. But we ought to go into all nations. That means we are not only to witness to the people that we know or the people who speak our language, but every person of any nationality. Amen. Amen. So that is the mandate for the church. Hallelujah. That is the reason why the church exists, to carry on this mandate. Now, the church is a place where God gathers his people, he gathers his people, and he speaks to them. Hallelujah. The church is a place where God gathers his people, and he speaks to them. Amen. Amen. And it is an important place. Hallelujah. It is an important place, important enough that God says that when he calls his people, when he's gathering them, we should not forsake such gathering. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Let's read verse 24. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. It says, And let us consider one another to provoke 
unto love and to good works. Good works. Good works. Let us provoke, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Amen. That means we have to show love one to another. We have to love one another. And also, we ought to have to provoke each other unto good works. Amen. We ought to provoke each other unto good works. So, Ignatius, you see Ohinewa and you ask her, today how many souls did you win? Do you see? How many people did you witness to? Provoke her unto good works. And when she's coming to meet you, he sh- she should expect the question that you are going to ask her. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? She should know the question that you are going to ask her. Not to provoke to, I hear there is a good deal, 10 for 5, Kenke. They're selling 10 balls of Kenke for 5. Have you heard of the woman who is selling 10 balls of Kenke for $5? I hear there is somewhere in the bronze, there is a lady in the bronze. She's selling Kenke 10 for 5. Do you know where that lady is? Why, is there a lady like that? Who has a deal like that? Mercy. <laughs> Listen, please, nobody has reported to me about you're looking into this five for ten deal. So please, I'm just preaching my message. Because there are people who, who interpret the message as I am preaching they go and say, it's because of this that somebody told Reverend this and that is why he's preaching. Your mind is not working properly. If you sit in this church and you are someone that the message comes and you are thinking like that, your mind is not correct. Your mind is not correct. Hallelujah. Look, I want you to get the spirit of the word. When I'm sharing with you, I want you to get the spirit of the word. Not the letter. Hallelujah. So, be prepared. And when you are coming to church, pray that you will catch the anointing. You will catch the spirit of the word. Hallelujah. And even if the word affects you directly, be prepared that you will catch the spirit of it. Because you are in a good place. This is a good place. This is the foundation of truth. Hallelujah. This is the house of God. This is the church of God. Amen. So it says we should provoke one another unto good works and unto love. And then you see the colon. So this is where this thing happens. Where this thing happens. He says, not forsaking, not forsaking, the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some. I'm not saying it aloud. There are some of you. This is your manner. But he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. There are some people, Jesus knows that your manner is forsaking the assembly. We don't know why. You are just there and you don't show up. We are there and you show up. That manner God is looking at it and he says it's not a good thing. He says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exalting one another 
And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Hallelujah. And so much the more. That means as many meetings as possible, try and be a part of it. Hallelujah. And I also believe that the church is the greatest institution that has ever existed. The church is the greatest institution that anyone can belong to. Hallelujah. The church is the greatest institution that anyone can join. Amen. It is the only place, the church is the only place where lives can truly be transformed. The only place. Not your father's home, not your mother's home, not your living with your strict uncle. Not, it, the church is the only place where truly lives can be transformed. Whether you like it or not, that is the truth. That is a fact. Hallelujah. Amen. I have seen people, I have seen people who have gone to well-known institutions. They have attended well-known institutions, studied for many years. Great schools, Ivy League schools. Somebody said Ivy League schools like University of Ghana. (laughs) Hallelujah. Ivy League schools like University of Ghana. Amen. They have attended such schools, big, big institutions. They have learned so many things, so many wonderful things. But these institutions could not change them. These institutions could not transform them. Hallelujah. I have known some who have studied human anatomy. They have studied human anatomy and they have studied it in detail. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? They have studied human anatomy and they have even taken it further to study, just focus on one organ to become a specialist in that organ. They have been in laboratories where they have dissected the organ. They have dissected a lung and they've seen what is in the lung, what is made of, and they have dissected and have learned and studied a diseased lung. And they know and they see the effect of what smoking does to the lung. They have seen it. Do you see? Because in the world we believe in, seeing is believing. They have seen it. They have seen if you smoke, you smoke and you smoke. This is what it can do to your lung. And they are specialists in that field. And they treat patients who smoke and get sick from that. And they see them on a daily basis. And they see what the smoking is doing to them. But they themselves also smoke. And they cannot stop. And many studies, many learning, many years of learning could not change them. Seeing is believing could not change them. Hallelujah. How many of you have seen doctors who smoke cigarettes? Oh, yes. There are doctors who are on rounds with them. Every so many, they have to run down. They cannot control it. And they are pulmonologists, lung specialists. But they smoke cigarettes, they can't stop it. They see dissected lungs, cancer, disease, but they can't stop. Many years of learning cannot change them. Hallelujah. Many years of learning cannot change. There are some who have studied in detail how 
diseases are transmitted sexually. Do you understand? And they have studied it on the micro level. They have studied it down to the micro level to the degree that the thing that your eyes cannot see that you they have studied it and they see that look, it looks nice like that, but there are diseases, micro micro diseases that you can get. And all such studies of many years has not made them moral people, moral husbands and moral wives that are living in, in marriages and avoiding extramarital affairs. And many years of studies cannot change that. Many years of learning the risk of such lifestyle cannot change them. Hallelujah. Is somebody understand what I'm saying with you? Many years. Others have studied law. They have studied law and they know the consequences of disobeying the law. They have learned the consequences of disobeying the law. But men, and they have not studied in ordinary institutions. They have studied in Ivy League schools like University of Ghana, Katanga Institute, or University of Cape Coast. Ivy League schools like University of Cape Coast. Hallelujah. And they have studied all these things and they know them, but many years of such studies and knowing the consequences, they have stood in courts where they have persecuted people and put them in jail. Jail sentences and all these things that they have experienced or that they have learned cannot change them. They are still liars. They are still thieves. They are still embezzlers. And nothing of these things could change them. Frosters. Hallelujah. I hope somebody's understanding what I'm sharing. Some people have become presidents. They have studied enough and been polished, learned, learned leadership, learned morality, and they have been polished to speak well, to behave well, and to do well, and to, and to be successful in life, and to be successful in so that your history shall, shall be clean. Many years of such lifestyle cannot change them. You just take one look at the things they are doing or the things they say, and the conclusion that you will come to will not be that, oh, he didn't go to a good school. That is not what you are going to say. You are not going to say that, oh, he's talking like this and he's supporting this and he's behaving like this because he did not go to a great school or because he did not study well. The conclusion you come to is that he is the way he is and he's talking like this and supporting this because he is not a Christian. You see, that is a conclusion that you come to. You see, now I have seen, not that I have seen that, oh, this man really, he didn't go to Harvard. Not that I have seen that, oh, I don't think he really went to Stanford like they are saying. But the conclusion that you make is that, now I have seen that this person is not a Christian. And what you are saying is that, now I have seen that this person has not really sat in the church of God to be taught and to learn, and to learn morality, and to learn this and to learn that. That is a conclusion you will come to. Hallelujah. So the church is a wonderful place. It is the only place where people can change. You know, people deal with you comfortably. People are comfortable to make a deal with you, to get into some agreement with you when they know that you are a Christian. When they know that you are a Christian, 
they, 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 they are free. They can leave their wallet around you, their pocketbook, and they say, you are all in a waiting room. You are waiting. They say, can you please keep an eye? Because they saw you were reading the Bible. They can say, can you keep an eye on this for me? I am going to the restroom. They can trust you. Hallelujah. In fact, there are some people even just so that they want to gain your trust. They pose before you as a Christian. Once they know that you are a Christian, they want a deal from you and they, be, they pretend also to be Christians because they know that you will put, when you learn that they are Christians, when you learn that they are Christians, now you are not even going to look to see, do you have a qualification for this job? Or are you well trained in what you are doing? The moment you learn that they are Christian, now you feel comfortable, I can strike a deal with you. Because I believe that you have been taught in a great institution. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with? Then you feel comfortable dealing with a person like that. Hallelujah. Then you feel comfortable. Great, great institutions cannot change them. Many years of learning cannot change anyone. But in the church of God, I say in the church of God, lives are transformed. Lives which your parents could not change, they will be transformed in the church of God. Lives which bad experiences, bad experience, witnessing bad experiences could not change, the church can transform in the house of God. Hallelujah. Lives which schools, many years of learning in schools could not change. The church can transform. The church can change it. Hallelujah. So he says, and there's something that is in the church. There is something that is in the church. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, look at that. He says that the word of God is the word of God. This is how it describes it. It says it is quick and it's powerful. It says the word of God is quick and is powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. The word of God is quick and is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Descending, it, 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 can, it can descend. It can, it, that means it can separate. You see, it is so difficult to descend between the soul and the spirit. But the word of God is able to descend. Sometimes it's so difficult to descend between the bone and the marrow. But it says the word of God is able to descend between the bone and the marrow. Hallelujah. It can separate the bone and the marrow. It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing ascender of the soul and the spirit and of the bone and the marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of your heart. So you see, that you, sometimes you are sitting there and then you feel guilty. You are sitting there. We are just sharing the word of God. Sometimes it's just a verse that we speak. We, we, we just read a verse and then you are feeling guilty. Sometimes we just read a verse and then your eyes start moving to somebody. You told the pastor this thing. Nobody told the pastor anything. You turn and run and look at the person and you, you, you make in your head, you see. Or you mark the person. This is the last time I am telling anything to this person. 
He says, it is quick and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing ascender of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and an intent of the heart. Every plan that you have in your heart, the word of God is able to come and get it. It is the only place where you can change. In the house of God. Hallelujah. In the house of God. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 63. It says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak, they are what? They are spirit and they are white. They are life. It brings life. He said, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. You can have great professors standing before you. Very intelligent professors. And they can stand before you for five years and teach you every day. Different one. Selected from various places. Interviewed and selected from among the best. They can teach you and teach you and teach you. You cannot change. It is not the flesh that quickened. It is the spirit. The spirit behind the word that quickened. Hallelujah. It is the spirit. We, we, we cannot operate our computer. Amen. It says it is the spirit that quickened. The flesh does not profit us. Hallelujah. The flesh profited nothing. And the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Verse 64, it says, but there are some of you that believe not. Amen. He says, but there are some of you, you don't believe it. You don't believe it. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, verse 65, he said, therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. Hallelujah. He says, no man can come to me except it were given unto him of my father. That means that you are so privileged if you are here this evening. You are so privileged. There is a great mercy that has been shown you. You are so privileged. He says, no man, he says, for it says, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. And so if you are here, it has been given unto you of the father. I say it has been given unto you of the father. That is why you are here. That is why you come here. Amen. That is why you come here even after a long day's work. That is why you choose to come here after a long day's work. And someone who is home, sleeping all day, will choose not to come here. Because it's not given unto him of the Father. It is given unto you of the Father. That is why you will take long trips. Today I was talking to a brother, went to work, where he was driving. I said, man. And the person is here. I said, where are you? He said, oh, I am driving, I am around this place, middle town somewhere, driving. And you do everything, and then he says, I'll see you tonight in church. I said, wow, it is given unto you of the Father. 
And someone who is just living right here next door at the corner will not even bother. Will not even, it will not occur to the person to bother to come here. It is not given unto the person of the Father. Hallelujah. And you come here and you travel all that distance and you come and spend only two, three hours and then go back. Like something it is given unto you of the Father. But it is worth it. It is worth it. Hallelujah. I say it is worth it. It is the only place. So every believer must have this great command, great commission at heart to go into all nations and teach them, bring them in, bring them in, teach them. Let them sit down and be taught. Hallelujah. To bring more and more into the house of God. To bring more and more people into this great institution of God. Hallelujah. Let us read it again. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. Hallelujah. Is somebody being blessed tonight? He says, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And so you may expect something. If you have all this power, then what are you going to use it for? So he says, go ye therefore. That means as a result of this power that is behind me, as a result of this power that is given me, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Teach all nations. Teach all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now you see, when you read the scripture like that, you may think that this is pastors. Pastors are the ones that are supposed to go into all nations and teach and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son. No! This is a commandment to every Christian. It's a mandate to every Christian. He says, I have received all this power. And so, every one of you should go. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Do you think few pastors can teach all nations? No. Teach all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. I am with you always. Look, one thing that you can guarantee, one thing that you can do, that you can guarantee that God is with you all the time is when you are winning souls. One thing that you can guarantee that this present moment, God is with me, is when you are winning souls. God is not, he's not a man that he should lie. He looks at his word and he performs it. Amen. If he has promised you that if you go and teach people, I will be with you, he will be with you. And so when you are witnessing to somebody, when you are, when you are actively winning souls, you can have a full assurance that Christ is with you. That Jesus is with you. Yes. Amen. This is one guarantee that you can have, that he is with you if you are winning souls. 
He is with you. Amen. You don't even need to pray for certain things. You don't need to pray for certain things. If you are going for an interview, you want Jesus to be with you, just go about winning souls. If you are looking for a handsome man to marry, one who has the fear of God and you are praying and you are confused and you, you want Jesus to be with you in this choice, just go about winning souls. I'm telling you. If you are a student and you are having difficulty passing your test, having difficulty with professors, you are looking for favor, just go about winning souls. Yes. That you can guarantee. There's no doubt. You can stand on the word and say, Jesus is with me. He says, I'm, and, uh, he says and lo, and lo, I'm with you always. All the way, even unto the end of the world. If you will continue in this life, if you will continue to win souls, then I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I say it is one, one thing that you can stand on to guarantee that Jesus Christ is with you when you are actively winning souls. Amen. Amen. Therefore, let this be your mandate. No wonder it was the, the, the greatest commandment. If you want Christ to be with you, just win souls. Amen. Amen. Just win souls and you will experience him. Let this be your mandate. Because it is what he wanted to be. It is what he wants to do. Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. Luke chapter 10. If you let this become your mandate, if you are actively winning souls, so winning is something that is in your heart. So winning is something that you look forward to. So winning is something that you hunger for. You test after, you test to see souls being one. You will have joy. I say you will have joy. You wouldn't need to look for a lot of things. You wouldn't need to pray for a lot of things. You wouldn't need to ask for a lot of things. Just seek that kingdom. Just seek that kingdom. Seek that kingdom. He said, seek ye first. You seek ye first. For your father in heaven, he knows. Your father in heaven, he's well aware. He knows that you also have need of such things. Your father in heaven knows that you have need of good jobs. Your father in heaven knows that you have need of a good marriage. Your father in heaven knows that you have a need of a good home. Your father in heaven knows that you have a need to have your credit card bills paid. He says, do this. Just do this. Amen. Amen. This is what touches his heart. This is the heartbeat of Jesus. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. He says, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also. Hallelujah. The Lord appointed other 70 also. Now, does it mean that there may have been others that they were appointed? I mean, that is the only way you will say other 70 also. Oh, you know what? Isn't that so? He says, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into where? Every city and where? 
Every place. Every city and place. Every city and place. Now, every city and place, that doesn't include your neighborhood. Is there a place next to your apartment? Is there a place next to your building? Is there a place on your way to work? Is there a place next to the seat that you are sitting on the train? Is there a place next to the bus? He says, he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. The place where Jesus himself would go. Now, does it mean, does it mean that if you make that place, this place, it means that Jesus will be there? Or you don't understand what I'm sharing with you? He says, he sent them two by two to the place whether he himself would come. So if you make that place your friend's apartment, Jesus is there. If you make that place the local room at your job, that moment Jesus is there. If you make that place, so you see, you realize that Jesus will always be with you if only you make that place, that place, whether he himself would come. Amen. It means that the moment you make that place, this place, it says he sent them two by two, I don't know where, to cities and place, certain place, whether he himself would come. So if you make that place, this place, Jesus is there with you. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You are going to an interview and on your way, on your way to the interview, you are not just memorizing the company's mission and what vision. That is not what you are memorizing. What is their mission and their vision? But you are busy just asking people about their knowledge of Jesus Christ. Are you born again? Do you know Jesus Christ? Is Jesus Christ in your, in your life? Have you given your life to Jesus? You know, you are, you are going for an interview, sharply dressed, waiting for the train. As people are anxious and nervous. You are just bringing Jesus just close with you and you are taking him with you to the interview. Amen. He says, the, the place, every city and place, every city and place whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. The laborers are few. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. I mean, I see him saying this thing in two places. Place where he saw multitude of deserted sheep. And another place where he's sending people and he realized that to this two by two, this 70, I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more. Some of you should rise up and say, I think it's about time. I should also start a church here. I should be able to go and start a church here. He needs more. Amen. Some of you should rise up and say, look, this area fellowship is not working. There are so, if we can really ignite it and let our area fellowship be very active, there are souls around here. Sometimes we are inviting them. They cannot come to church. We can bring them into our area fellowship and serve with them. 
share with them. Yes. That is if you have come to understand the scripture. He says, truly the, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse, nor scrip, nor shoes, and salute no man by the way. Look, when you are actively winning souls, don't worry about your purse. Don't worry about how much is left in your account. Don't worry about where you will sleep. Don't worry about what you will eat. He says, your father in heaven knows that you have need of these things. Don't worry about people on the way who will interrupt you, who will stop you. Don't worry. Just focus on winning souls. And your father in heaven. And if you go down to verse 17, look at verse 17. He says, and the 70 returned again with joy. They returned again with joy. Not that they went for the interview and they took the job. They returned again with joy. Not that because they have gotten married. Not that they are coming back because now they have three children. They are returning with joy. Not because they have received a promotion at a job. They came back from witnessing. And they said they returned with joy. Saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Amen. Amen. Look, real joy, true joy, it comes when you are winning souls. True joy, it comes when you are sharing Christ with somebody. Hallelujah. You will experience true joy when you are actively provoking someone into serving God. You will experience that joy. Jesus is counting on us to be everything that he wants to be. He's counting on us to be everything that he wants to be. He's counting on us to go to the places whether he himself would go. He's counting on us to be in the cities where he himself would want to go. Oh, you don't like what I'm sharing with you. Look, he is counting on you. He is counting on you to do what he would want to do. And he says he's giving you the power to do that. Hallelujah. John chapter 8 and verse 12. What did he say? John chapter 8 and verse 12. He says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. This is Jesus. He says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And then verse 9, uh, chapter 9, verse 5, he says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. Do you see? He says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. 
And Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13, what does he say? He says, ye are the salt of the earth. Ye are the salt of the earth. You are the salt. Say, I am the salt of the earth. Are you not ashamed to say you are the salt of the earth? Are you the salt of the earth? Say, yes, I am the salt of the earth. Hallelujah. Do you see how important you are? I don't know if you understand that scripture. Say, I am the salt of the earth. You are not some of the salt of... You are the salt of the earth. Helen, Helen, you are the salt of the earth. So, can you see that because of you, if you are not there, the whole world, our food will not taste nice. Literally, if you are the salt of the earth. Isn't that so? That just you, we take you out, the whole world, our food will not taste well. I tell you, you are such an important person. He says, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost his savor, if the salt hath lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? If the salt has lost its savor of saltiness, that taste, if you have lost it, where are we going to use you to salt? Wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing. You are not good for nothing. Do you understand good for nothing? You are good, but you are useless. Eric, do you understand what I'm sharing? You are good, but you are useless. He says, henceforth, he says, thenceforth, you are good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. You are the salt of the world. You are the salt of this earth. Now, the man that you are supposed to be salt to, if you lose your server, you are good for them to just walk on you. That means that you, as a Christian, a born-again Christian, who has lost the saltiness of a saver, if you have lost your taste, you are worse off than the people who are in the world. You are worse off. Your situation is worse off. If you lose your Saver. That means that if we cannot use you to make the food taste good anymore, if you cannot bring souls, if you cannot win souls, you are a born-again Christian, good, but for... I didn't say it. You just said it. Michelle, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Do you remember what he said? He says, whilst I am in this world, I am what? The light of the world. So the next verse, he says, he's gone. So he says, you can't change. I'll read mine. I have one. The next one, he says, ye are the light of the world. Ye are the light of the world. Look, Christ wants you to be everything that he wants to be to the world. He says, whilst I am in this world, I am the light of the world. Now he says, ye are the light of the world. 
He has handed over such great responsibility to you. Say, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. That means when you are turned off, there's total darkness. So, do you understand that because of you, there's total darkness in the light of some people, in the life of some people? Because of you. Look, when that rich man went to hell and he was having a conversation with Abraham, he says, Father Abraham, send forth, send forth. If you were to send someone from the dead to go and talk to my brothers, they would hear. Look, you are the light of this world, not someone from the dead coming. You are the light of this. Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them because they are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the only light that somebody has. You are the only light that is in somebody's path. And if you, he says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. If you truly, you are the light of the world, you can never be hidden. You know, some of you, you don't even want anyone to know that you are Christian. Some of you, you go to work and then they ask you on Monday, oh, how was your weekend? Oh, it was a blast. How was your weekend? Oh, it was powerful. It was wonderful. And then they ask you, where, where, where were you all weekend? Where were you? Some of you, oh, I went to church. And, um, and then you don't even want to say that you spent all day in church. It's like, oh, I, I went to church and quickly I came to a, a place where there was a blast. You see? You, are, you, 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 you don't want people even to know that you are a Christian. That is why certain conversations can happen around you. That is why certain images, certain videos can be sent to your phone. They don't think twice. They send it to you. That is why they call you to come and see it. But when you are the light of the world, when you are a city, when a city has the light and it's set on a hill, then when you are coming, they hide the videos. When you are coming, they cannot show certain things. When you are coming, they change their conversation. When you are coming, they can't say certain things. Some of you, they have given you names. They have given, they call you pastor. Some of your family members, they call you Osofo. Because of the life that you live. Hey, Osofo Ba. Hey. They know you. They know what is going to be your next move. They call you lady pastor. They call you pastor. Some of you, they call you bishop. Hey, as for you, you are the pope. Some of you, they call you pope. Because your light is shining. It says that a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. The next verse. It says, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. You can light a candle and put it under a bushel. You should place it on a candlelight, and all men should see it. You are the light of this world. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Because of you, people are going to see light. Because of you, light is going to shine in the paths of others. Because of you, people are going to have a realization of daylight. 
because of you. But people are in darkness because you are hidden under a bushel. People are in darkness because you are hidden under a bushel. Amen. You are the light of this world. I say you are the light of this world. Hallelujah. And you give it light unto all that are in the house. He says, neither do men, let's go back to that, uh, the last scripture. He says, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Some of you ought to be the light in your house. Amen. You ought to be a light in your house. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You are the light that, you are supposed to be the light that shines. All the people in your house, they are in darkness. I said they are in darkness. And they remain in darkness because the light is not shining. Amen. But if you sit in the house of God, if you sit in the church of God, your light should shine. I said your light should shine. So the next verse, he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. Hallelujah. And glorify your father which is in heaven. Have this mandate that you ought to bring glory to your father which is in heaven. That people will see your life and they will desire to want to serve Christ. People will see your honesty at work. People will see your punctuality. Even the way you work, they should see a difference. That this is a Christian and that is not a Christian. They should see the difference. Amen. When the word says that they should come and they shall discern the difference between the righteous and the wicked, they should see it. You should let them see it. It's not just a saying. They should see it. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll bring our service to a close at this point. There are some things that I want to share with you to be a good soul winner. There are some things that I want to share with you. But God willing, we will share those things next week when we meet. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you stand onto your feet. Stand onto your feet. Stand onto your feet. Are you going to shine? Are you going to shine? Is your light ready to shine? Is your light ready to be put on a candlestick? Are you going to shine before men? Are you going to be a light in your house? Are you going to be a light at your job? Are you going to be a light when the people are around you? There are people who are in darkness. There are family members who are in darkness. You have friends who are in darkness. He says, let your light so shine before men. You are the one that Jesus is counting on. He says that, whilst I am in this world, I am the light of the world. But now he says, ye are the light of this world. Ye are the light of the world. Ye are the salt of the world. You are the ones that make the earth tasty. You are the ones that are making the earth tasty. Ye are the salt of this earth. Oh, yes. Father, help us. Help us to live this reality. Help us to live that life. A life where we will be the light of the world. Let our life so shine before men. For this shall bring you glory. 
For men shall give glory unto our Father in heaven when we are the light of the world. When we become the light of the world. When our lights are shining brightly. When we are placed on a candlestick. Oh, yes. Father, we have been hiding under the candle. We have been hiding as a candle lit and hidden under the bushel. For so long, oh Lord, we have remained under the bushel. But tonight, oh God, we come out as light of the world. Tonight we come out. We want our life to attract many. There are so many people who are walking in darkness. There are so many people who are living in darkness. But Lord, let our life so shine before men. Let our life shine before men. Let our life shine before men. Oh, yes. Help us, Jesus.
Father, we thank you for your word. Oh, yes, there's none greater than you. Father, we are so privileged to be in your house. We are so privileged, Lord, that the Father has chosen us to give unto us this great kingdom. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are counting on us to be everything you want to be to man. Father, we are the Moses and the prophets that are left here on this earth. We are the salt of this world. Father, let us become that salt that has not lost its savor. Let us become that salt that is worthy of savoring. Let us become that salt that is not trodden under feet of men. We are the light of this world. You say, whilst you were in the world, you were the light of the world. But now you say, ye are the light of this world. Lord, let us become that light that shines so bright. Father, may we never dim, oh God. Let our light shine so bright. Let our light become so bright into the world of darkness. Father, there are many that are living in darkness. But Lord, when we appear in the lives of these ones, let there be light in their lives. Let there be light in the lives of our friends. Let there be light in the lives of our mothers and our sisters and our brothers, our co-workers. Father, let them see that light in us in the name of Jesus. For you say, Lo, I am with you always. Lord, be with us wherever we are. As we witness to others, Lord, may you remain with us according to your word in the name of Jesus. May our lives never dim. May our lives never be put under a bushel. May our lives always be placed on a candlestick. We are that city. The city that has light. The city that gives light. Let us be that city, oh God. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for choosing us. We thank you, Lord, for giving us such privilege to be what you want to be to men. We are grateful and we are thankful. We give you praise and we give you honor in the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here tonight, you are here and you want this light to come into your life. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your savior with all eyes closed and every head bowed. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ. You want to invite Jesus Christ into your life. You say, I want this light to come into my life. I want Jesus in my life. I need Christ in my life. I want to be born again. I want to receive Jesus Christ. If that is your prayer, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You want to have Jesus Christ as your Savior. You want to receive him. You want to invite Jesus into your life. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. He's here to save. Jesus Christ is here to receive you, if only you will come. He says he stands at the door and he's knocking. If only you will open that door of your heart, he will come in and he will sup with you. Are you prepared to receive Jesus? If that is you, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here? You want to receive Jesus Christ? Do not live here without receiving Jesus Christ. If Jesus is not in your life, he is not your Lord 
and not your master. You do not have tomorrow. You may not have this opportunity again. You may not have this opportunity. Therefore, if you are here and you want to receive Jesus Christ, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Father, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you, Lord, for giving us of your son to die for us. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you, Lord, for everyone that is here. I pray, Lord, that you will give us that tenacity and the boldness and the courage to continue to walk with you. In the world of darkness, may we remain a light that shines so bright. We thank you. Give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Wonderful. You may be seated quickly. We don't want blessings. We want you. Open up the sky. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.